Yeah. Um, option one is die. That's what I tend to default mm-hmm. to. Uh, uh, I usually <laughs> just break it up into segments and try and work on it in pieces instead of dying first. But, you know, that's a valid strategy. Too. No, wait, let, let, let's examine the merits of dying. <laughs> Hold on here. Uh, let's not get ahead I, of ourselves. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Hello. And we've also got Indigo, who I will force to say hello this time, because sometimes people forget that she exists, and then it's like the middle of the episode, and she shows up, and it's like, whoa, where did she come from? Indigo, say hi. Hello. I'm uncomfortable with this. Cool. I feel bad. <laughs> Every like three or four episodes, I gotta, I just gotta like put you in the spotlight for this first half of of, of the show. Uh, and welcome oh, no. to uh, another episode of the show, which is the overly sarcastic podcast. Yeah, uh, baby. Today we've got uh, two episodes uh, from our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, if you managed to stumble onto this podcast completely randomly, we have a YouTube <laughs> channel. We make videos about history and myths Stuff. and tropes and stuff. I don't really know where I'm going There's a this. link in the show video. notes if you're interested in <laughs> oh, checking yeah, yeah. it out. <laughs> Thank you, Indigo, our trusted friend who is here, always. Yeah. <laughs> you somehow stumbled onto us and have no idea what we are. Show notes will, will make everything make sense. Anyway, we had two new videos uh, on our YouTube channel in the past two weeks. I had a video, History Summarized, Atlantic Exploration, all about what uh, Spain and Portugal were up to in the 1400s before the, the Columbus business and all that. And then, Red, hmm. you had a trope talk on tragedies. Yep. That As was a genre. fun. Yeah, uh, it's a good week. How, how have you been in the past uh, a couple of weeks? We've got a new president. That's really yeah, great. Yeah, Loving that, that. We talked a little bit about that on stream, but it's like, oof, it's fun. It's been nice uh, not, you know, checking Twitter every six hours and expecting some new crisis to have rolled out. You know, it's like now I just check every 24 hours and there's something new. It's, <laughs> it's a big improvement. And honestly, yeah. I, I've been sort of slowly coming down from that pervasive anxiety buzz. I realized something the other week, which is, you know, that that, that presidency started when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Not exactly known for being a relaxing time in one's life. No. And, you know, before that, we were in high school, also known for being rather stressful just in general. So it occurred to me that the last couple weeks are quite possibly the first time in my adult life where I've been able to actually, like, relax a little bit. Where there's not <laughs> something hanging over my head, like schoolwork or waking up way too early or, or you know, exams or... And, and yeah. I mean, obviously, there's also, like, there's obvi- there's other things happening. But it's, come on, we're, we're, like, month 10 of that. I've gotten used to it at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a very odd feeling to be like, wow, I feel so strange. Maybe because I've literally never felt this way in my entire adult life before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been weird. Nice, I think, but weird. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's valid. Um... I don't really know if I have anything else to add to that right now. It's been it's been a long week. Even when yeah. January has been nice, it's still been exhausting. So, like, it's just, this month has gone so aggressive with just everything. Like, nothing in the month of January 2021 has been half-assed. There's, yeah. like, first there was the attempted coup. Then there was the inauguration, which was great. But also, like, the relief of sitting down was like... <gasps> Okay. Yeah. And then the next week, the stock market exploded. Um, yeah. So we forgot it's, the impeachment. Been, there was also the impeachment. Every Wednesday, and then there's the been something. impeachment. That's been a lot. So yeah. let's let's go to a simpler time, uh, <laughs> way back into the 1400s when Spain and Portugal were were having a go at at the uh, Atlantic Ocean in their little backyards, trying to figure out how to uh, how to explore the world. Um, mm. 
I had a fun time with that video. It was a uh, it was a patron requested topic. Um, so it was it was neat because uh, the patron uh, Antonio had asked that I do a video on either the uh, the Azores Islands or the Canary Islands, and I was like, well, actually, I can kind of. I, I can spin this as both. I can I can you know, schlep <laughs> these two together and then have a really like neat presentation. And then it, it, it kind of like the the video topic ended up building itself. And eventually, I had this this premise that was basically like, let's just take everything in Portuguese and Spanish Castilian uh, history yeah. from like before Columbus, before 1500, before you know we got to India and you know got to Brazil and all that, and just talk about like the early stuff because it's so often brushed over uh, in in that in that little narrative of history, but it's really mm -hmm. cool to see the parallel storylines of like, okay, as like the, the, the conquest of, of Southern Spain or Southern Iberia was going on, like what, what was Portugal up to? It, yeah. it finished its campaign like 200 years earlier. What were, what were they doing? So I, I really had fun with just the, the, the kind of like, liminal, tangential nature of the episode. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the time history gets kind of framed as a series of high points, really big dramatic moments, mm -hmm. and then all the intervening time gets kind of glossed over. But it's like, it's not like history is just nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh my God, everything at once. It's more like yeah. there's a gradual change and then a lot of stuff happens at once. Yeah. But that stuff that happens, it's usually building up for that entire slow period. I mean, listen, we are unequivocally living in interesting times right now. Yeah. But if you look back at the last several decades, you can trace out every single thing that happened now and the things that led to mm -hmm. it. Like th those slower decades, they were building up to this. We couldn't have yeah. necessarily predicted all of it, but you know, th and that liminal area, examining it as that transitional period, I think is such a valuable angle because it, it, does, it does get glossed over because you know, Columbus is the dramatic part. Uh, yeah. Discovering America, that's the dramatic part. But like, how do you go from being on one little peninsula to exploring basically an entire hemisphere mm -hmm. of just, you know, stuff? Yeah. It, yeah. it, it's it, it's cool. I I enjoyed specifically not talking about about old Crisco Clambo uh, <laughs> and just refusing to mention him by his actual name because yeah. so much of the conversation is just this guy. Oh, we got to talk about Columbus. What did what did Ugh. he want? What did he care about? How did he get to do his thing? It's like none of that really matters yeah. in the grand scheme of things because whatever one random Genoan cheesemaker wants to do with his life <laughs> is nothing if the crowns of Castile and Aragon or the crown of Portugal doesn't give a shit. So. Mm. So looking at like the the by the by these states and these kingdoms like what they wanted to accomplish and how old Crisco fit into that is a much more interesting angle than just oh this guy wanted to sail and so he did it's like okay yep. cool sure great but but why did anyone let him do it again uh, so, you know yeah. when we frame history as a series of high points that also tends to cause us to frame history mm -hmm. as a series of great people and by that yeah. I mean great men and it's like listen that's all a matter of context and other people enabling them. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you, if, you, if you look at it like that, it produces this false framing that a few people throughout history just had, like, the gumption to go out and do stuff that yep. had effects. And it's like, that's really not how that works. Like, you can pick out exemplary people in any situation, but, like, mm -hmm. first of all, that produces this false narrative that some people are just meant for greatness rather than some people are systemically enabled <laughs> by a situation that allows them to do whatever the hell they want. And a lot of people who could potentially do incredible things don't have that kind of systemic support or enabling and thus yeah. do not accomplish it and get, you know, 
completely overlooked or whatever. But that, that's less important than I think the focus on, you know, okay, he did this thing, but how could he have done this in the first place? What mm-hmm. was the context he existed in? Why was he able to do any of this yeah. stuff? Um, and and the other thing I really liked about this video was that I was able to really flip the perspective from a video that I had done a couple years back, which was the video on, uh, I called it like medieval Spain and all Andalus, which is a little bit mm-hmm. of a misnomer, but um, it was very much a video of the, you know, medieval Iberia from the perspective of those Muslim states, whether it was uh, Cordoba, um, the the Taifas, uh, the Almohad dynasty, the Almorava dynasty, and all those guys, and looking at like, oh, what happens as these northern kingdoms start to kind of like push down and push down. Um, but this was really interesting to flip that and see, okay, so these these kingdoms are are making their way down Iberia, walking fast, conquering fast, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever, however that song goes, <laughs> I forget <laughs> the lyrics, <laughs> but it's like, okay. It's we, not conquering ha- fast, I'll tell you uh, that yeah, much. <laughs> people pass. I was trying to parody it on the fly Faces and I didn't pass. do a very good job at all. <laughs> Can I just retake that line? No, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm sorry. I have to make an editorial decision here. We got to keep going. Ah! <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> Power okay. Yes, and that shit, bro. That's <laughs> the thing. Never ask to redo a line. You'll only get egg on your face. Um, okay, yeah. anyway. They were <laughs> they were doing their thing. And then it's like, okay, now that we have our, our nice little state carved out, you know, Portugal's got its coast, where the hell do we go from here? And you can see the continuation of that narrative of like, oh, we got we got to push south. We got to go. So it's like, all right, jump across the states of Gibraltar. Uh, states of Gibraltar. Jesus God. <laughs> Jump across the Straits of Gibraltar, go to Morocco, go beat those guys up, and then you just, okay, go further south, go further south, let's go, let's go, we're on it, and then suddenly you you pass the, the Cape of Good Hope, and then you're in the Indian Ocean, it's like, oh, whoa, okay, fun, uh, but it, it, it's neat to, to flip that around and see, like, from the perspective of the other party, what's going on, uh, and I, I made the, the oops of, of calling it the Reconquista, which mm. implies that it was theirs to reconquist, um, yeah, which is really yeah. not true because the, the Christian states in Iberia from before the, the Muslim conquest in, in, in the early 700s, almost no actual meaningful continuity between those Visigothic kingdoms and uh, Portugal, Castile, and Aragon, but nah. they call it the Reconquista, so it, it pushes this narrative, and I, I, I did a little bit of an oops in using it, and I kind of qualified the term, eh. uh, but even still, like, that's on me. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I um, don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you used the term for the event that people would recognize and it's like you, you can nitpick that the term maybe shouldn't have been assigned to it, but like that's what it means now. Yeah, and, and fair. I mean, I could have made it like a, a two minute, you know, diatribe on, on why it's a bad thing, but then it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs and we're, we're losing time on, yeah, uh, on, uh, on what we're actually supposed to be talking about. So, uh, yeah, um, it was really fun to do a, a more liminal look at a very in betweeny kind of period in history. And I don't know if I have a lot else to to say about it besides that, because I'm realizing as we're recording this podcast, I'm having a lot of difficulty with words today. <laughs> that was... in the morning when you don't do a lot of speaking, it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's like sign it. I just hanging out. And if I miss a word here or there, it's fine. And then suddenly there's a microphone in front of me and every little syllable <laughs> is, the have never is being been inspected. <laughs> I, so. I will say the, the subject of that video, like incidentally reminded me of this thing I'd listened to when I was like a little kid. And it was uh, Stan Freeberg modestly presented the United States of America, starting from the discovery, quote-unquote, of America. And it's just like this musical comedy radio play thingy. Uh, and I ended up looking up and re-listening to it after your video came out because it reminded me of, like, 
yeah, you know, Crisco Cologne. I, I, I forgot about that guy. I wonder, <laughs> wonder if that comedy thing I, is as good as I remember. It's aged very weirdly. If you've never listened to it, I actually do recommend uh, just looking it up for the sheer surrealness factor. Uh, yeah. It's very goofy. Uh, it's, it's one of those... <laughs> How to explain without eating up the rest of this? Uh, basically, I guess the the producer of it had this very specific style of comedy where he would like retell historical things with like modern jokes in it. So, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, when Columbus arrives in America and is met by the Native Americans, uh, he's talking about how he uh, he I don't know. They talk about like money or something. They make like bank jokes. And the guy's like, sorry, banks closed, Columbus Day. And he's like, oh, yeah. So, so you know, it's that kind of comedy. <laughs> um, that is I don't know. very weird. It requires a lot of logical leaps, too. Exactly, which is kind yeah. of the interesting part. And then there's uh, they had a bit about the, the sale of the island of Manhattan uh, where they, they convinced the guy to sell it for, like, you know, $25 worth of junk jewelry and not a penny less. And then they strike the set and they just carry off all the trees. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And it's like, oh, sorry, whole island solid concrete. Nothing grow except in little square place in middle of island. <laughs> he's like, well, how am I supposed to get people to live here? It's like, oh, you, come on, nice place to visit. But <laughs> I don't know. Wow. It's a very odd style of comedy. Very uh, odd. But, you uh, know, it's it, the, the stuff about that reminded me of it. And I looked it up and I had a good time. So <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I'm glad that uh, this patron had suggested this topic because I never would have thought to do it yeah. on my own. But it was really neat to just kind of like work with this prompt of like, okay, like how did both the Spanish kingdoms and the, the Portuguese kingdom just like deal with the ocean? Because sometimes you see, you know, <laughs> oceans as a completely impassable barrier. It's like, well, there's no more land. We can't do anything. Yep. And sometimes people are like, oh my God, this is our springboard to the world. And seeing what factors would lead a culture to approach it as one or the other is very interesting because you see some cultures where it's like, well, we're at the end of the earth. We can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the Phoenicians are like, all right, buddy, let's go. <laughs> uh, and it's it, it's cool to examine what led that to happen. In the cases of of, uh, of Iberia, there's a lot of really neat interlocking uh, motivations that, that led to that happening. And one of those, the whole Prester John thing, and we can move on in a second, but um, <laughs> I, I'd gotten a few, uh, you know, comments on various places, like, oh, you should do a video on, on, on Prester John, and it's it's like, it, it, there's not really enough for a video, so I feel like I did a really great job of summing it up in this, where it's like, it's everything and nothing at once. If you close your eyes, it, like, if you squint <laughs> and, like, like, look really hard, anything can be Prester John. If it's outside of uh, continental Europe and, like, vaguely Christian, oh. uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I was glad happens. I got to to just like check that off the list uh, <laughs> in, in this video. Yeah, good stuff. But anyway, Red, you had a trope talk uh, this week on yep. not a typical like character archetype or a like a story beat, but an entire genre. What yeah. was it like? Uh, kind of like tweaking the the formula a little bit to take a a wider a wider look. Well, it was honestly very familiar in other ways because it felt a lot like the the mythological deep dives I do sometimes. Um, Fair. It, it kind of ended up structurally being very similar, you know, like going back to the roots, trying to find the earliest you know, thing defined as this, and then just going from there. Whereas uh, with, with the mythological thing, it usually like starts for the present and works backwards. You know, it's like, okay, what do we know about this guy now? And then how did how did they develop? And going back, it often discovers like weird stuff. This was more like... Most of the famous tragedies are already centuries old. So this yeah. was more like, okay, let's let's go as far back as we can go, see how it evolved. And then there's not that much in the way. I mean, there are modern tragedies. Part of my point in the video is that a lot of stories we don't think of as tragedies have tragedies in them. So like we're yeah. still writing them. It's just, you know, it's um 
it's different. It's kind of been subsumed as just a a narrative theme you can work into a larger story, which I think is interesting. Yeah, so, you know, when, when I started out, I like went back as far as I could go, and I was like, okay, I think Greek tragedy is, you know, it's cited as the root of this, but is it? And it's like, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, there, there's <laughs> In this form, case, yeah. <laughs> there's gonna have been sad stories before that, but, like, structurally, when we say tragedy, we yeah. mean, like, this Aristotelian definition. And, you know, what, I've, I've read various Greek tragedies, so I kind of already knew what I was talking about going into this. When I was sort of unraveling it, I was finding out these these structural staples of tragedy that were actually more important than I'd realized. So it's like, you know, when you say tragedy, people think, oh yeah, sad. And it's like, yeah, that, that's <laughs> at its most <laughs> yes, base but. level, that's true. But then it's like, okay, but what actually defines a tragedy where, well, Aristotle had some very strong opinions about it, like he did on everything. And um, yeah. unlike most of his opinions, he actually seems to have sort of known what he was talking about on this one. Uh, so, you know, when he discusses, like, okay, you start with the hero in a good position because then they have a lot to lose, and then it's like, okay, the hero has some inherent character flaw that then resonates poorly with the situation they're in, and then bad stuff happens as a result, and it's inevitable, and the audience is informed of this all the way through. Like, that part Aristotle didn't say, but it's it's clearly there, just in the way yeah. that they structured the plays with the chorus, the monologues, and the mostly the chorus. Uh, essentially, yeah, the whole... Oh, sorry, and even ahead. still, a lot of these stories would have been well known by the audience yeah. already. So, like, one of the most famous Sophocles plays is Ajax, where it's like, everybody knows that dude dies, even if the prequel doesn't, or even if the, the prologue, Jesus, <laughs> even if the prologue <laughs> doesn't spell it out, it's like, yeah. you, you know uh, Ajax is going to fall on that sword. Oh, um, yeah. So it's it's very much working with, like, understood uh, understood characters and understood stories. Like, no one's no one's trying to get one over on the audience in no. this. <laughs> And yeah. then, like, you know, there, there's, like, four or five people around that time wrote plays about Medea. Um, the, the Euripides one is the one that mostly survived. But it's, like, they would take these characters that everybody knew about, and then they would just tell the story in a way that was impactful. They, they weren't expecting to surprise the audience, which is why mm -hmm. there's foreshadowing at the ass and narration and, and yeah. prologues and stuff. And I think that that's really interesting, especially in the context of modern storytelling, where, like, a, a few years back, or just a couple years back, I guess, sorry, th this last year has felt very long, uh, mm -hmm. There was this whole discussion about subverting audience expectations because yeah. of, you know, Game of Thrones and, and stuff like that. And it turned into this whole thing. And it was weird to me how prevalent this idea was that, like, surprising your audience was the most important thing. And it's like, listen, if you can pull it off, it's kind of cool. But it's almost the least important thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> often it just means either your audience wasn't paying attention or you weren't doing a good job of communicating the story. Yeah. And I, I've said before that any story that only works the first time isn't a very good story. <laughs> Like, exactly. I was, I was yeah. going to say exactly that. That yeah. if you if you write your story specifically for the initial viewing experience, then sure you might get someone to you know feel something very shocking the first time around, and then it's almost worthless on a second uh -huh. go. Yeah, the idea that that's the only thing that matters to build towards that's that's wrong. Like it's a thing you can do, and there's a lot of stories I've I've seen where I'm like, oh, I liked that that happened. That surprised me. But then mm -hmm. if I watch it again, I'm like, ooh. Now that I know it's coming, I can like see all the foreshadowing and, and like the cute little character quirks that are leading into this. And that experience, that, that engaging on a deeper level with the story so that you can see how it's building into itself. I think yeah. that's a lot more valuable than that momentary feeling of like, whoa, Nelly, can't believe that happened. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. 
And, and you did a really good job of explaining that you still can find ways to keep an audience on their toes in the case of Shakespeare, where mm. the, the, the one of the big innovations is collateral damage. Yep, you know yep. the heroes are in for a bad time, but with such huge supporting casts, notoriously a problem for any high school or college theater production, uh, <laughs> yep. what are you going to do to them? How are they going to get stabbed in the chest? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that makes Shakespeare so good. And I feel like, you know, on our channel, sometimes we give off the impression that, like, we're too cool for some of the classics. Like, oh, all these, like, famous great American novels, they're kind of dumb. And, like, sure, yeah. we might think that. But don't think that we feel too cool for Shakespeare because, like, Shakespeare rules. Oh, He's yeah. great. Very He's good the, at his job. Yeah. I mean, his work survived so long for a reason. Like, yeah. it's not just because high school teachers constantly make you read them. They are actually quite good and yeah. interesting. Um, and then also the the innovation of making the soliloquies take the place of the chorus. So you have yeah. that, that liminal space for, you know, certain things to be exposited, but you put it right in the voice of the characters. It's mm-hmm. it's so smart. It's so well done. I did God, have to it's check. incredibly Actually, impressive. Shakespeare does have a few plays that do feature a chorus. I had to check. It's a oh, brief little subtitle huh. in the video. I think Henry V uh, has an actual chorus in it that just does, plays the role of the classic chorus, talks about Wild. what's happening, goes on. Yeah, it's really neat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. But like, Mostly Shakespeare was taking the bare bones of, of tragedy and then building out from there. So it's like, you know, he'll sometimes throw a few surprises at you, like in uh, Macbeth. Actually, yeah, Macbeth is probably a really good example to explore um, because, you know, you go into it and you're like, oh, these guys are screwed. Like, I don't know exactly how, but you're like, oh, it's <laughs> prophecies, these these witches are saying scary shit. And like... They show up and you're like, oh, you'll be king, but his kids will be king. And you're like, that can mean a few things, but only a couple of those options are, like, good. So this is probably going to be bad. And then Macbeth starts getting all murdery and you're like, ah, okay, here it comes. And then it's like, oh, you know, Macbeth shall not, uh, uh, whatever, shall not die till the wood of whatever comes to, you know, the thing I'm talking about, the bit where it's um, Something comes to Dunsinane. Yeah, it's Uh, it's a prophecy. Something about the woods moving. Something about the woods moving, and then it's like, oh, no man of woman born can kill Macbeth. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of cheeky little prophecies. And the thing is, you don't necessarily know how they're going to be twisted, but you can kind of get the feeling like, okay, something's coming. Something is going to happen. And then the minute Macbeth is like, haha, you fool, no man of woman born can kill Macbeth, and Macduff pulls the Uno reverse card and is like, <laughs> guess what, bitch? Uh, on a technicality, I can indeed kill you. And Macbeth is like, ah, shit. So, <laughs> y- you know, like, you're going into that and you're like, I'm going to assume that bad shit's going to happen to Macbeth. And then when it actually does, you're like, I didn't know how exactly, but the fact that this happened didn't surprise me. And that's, you know, yeah. that's the structural tragedy. Uh, tragedy. Oh, it's contagious. <laughs> now you have done the goof, <laughs> and I laugh. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just Macbeth really does kind of encapsulate, like, the basic structure of the tragedy and then builds on it in interesting ways up to and including, you know, the characters undergoing unexpected character development, which is not really a thing that happened in... I mean, okay, it is kind of a thing that happened in classic Greek tragedies, but it happened in the trilogies. Like, in the first... In each individual play, the characters don't tend to change, but, like, Oedipus in Oedipus Rex is very different than Oedipus in Oedipus at Colonus and stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's like, shit's gone down tragic um, trilogies is that it does a really good job of using 
the format of a trilogy to good effect because like mm. people forget like oh what's the third play in the Oedipus cycle it's Antigone yeah it's like you have you know Oedipus Rex Oedipus of Colonus and then Antigone where those plays cannot work together in one story where yeah, a lot no. of trilogies are really just one book that you split into three to sell more copies but the ancient trilogies are so well done because you get such huge arcs across them that really only work when you split it up. And that, that is just a side thing. It's not so much about tragedy. It's about just like ancient writing, but it's like, ooh, right. it's good. It's, it's good. so good. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the most interesting thing when I was exploring tragedy is, you know, the core structure is very simple. It's okay. Something bad is going to happen and the audience can tell like that at its core. That's the only thing that matters. Like, the stuff about, oh, the hero needs to have a lot to lose. Like, that's not true. Yeah. Trust me, there's always something to lose. You can pull a tragedy <laughs> out of any situation. And then yeah. it's like, oh, well, you know, the the hero must have a fatal flaw. And then it's like, well, it's a flaw is a matter of circumstance. Anything can be a flaw. So the yeah. hero just needs to have a character. And that is anybody. A tragedy can happen in any situation to any character as long as they line up properly. Yeah. And that gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility to build out. So, you know, you add the collateral damage. That doesn't sacrifice anything of the original structure. Uh, you add the soliloquies, you do the death of a salesman thing where you take a character who's already at a really low point and then just make things worse. <laughs> and it's just, it's so interesting. And I, I'm glad that video went over so well because like mm -hmm. when I was writing it, I was like, this is interesting. Built, exploring how this genre developed is fun. And then a lot of people yeah. in the comments were like, hey, that's neat. And, and a few yeah. teachers were like, now I don't need to explain to my students what the Greek tragedy <laughs> format is. And I was like, oh, shit, really? Yeah. I got it right? Okay, neat. No, you, uh -huh. you did a really good job with that video. And I think before we, we before we move on, my, my favorite thing about that, uh, one, of, one of my favorite things about that video is when you explain that it is such a matter of circumstance that if you yeah. switch Othello and Hamlet, neither of those plays end poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, and the little graphics that you have are so funny because it's like, <laughs> hey, Hamlet, I think your wife is cheating on you. And it's like, we'll see when I gauge her reaction to this play. Yeah. It's like genius. Hamlet, reading Go Hamlet get him, is, Hammy. <laughs> reading Hamlet is frustrating for the exact opposite reason reading Othello is frustrating. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the one who made that observation in the first place. There's like, there, there's posts on Tumblr about oh, okay. how if you, if you swap those characters, but like, the reason why is fundamentally because it's like anyone's personality can react poorly to the situation they're in. And the only trait of a tragic hero is that they don't evolve to adapt to that situation. Instead, they yeah. clash with it in a bad and unfortunate way. And that's why it's a tragedy. So uh, before we move on to the Q&A section, uh, some quick uh, announcements. We don't have uh, many. Uh, in fact, we kind of only have one. Uh, <laughs> but we have a new line of our enamel pins coming out. Yeah. Uh, you can go get them right now. Normally, we launch them with a video, uh, and we will. Just you wait. Yeah, um, don't but worry. since it is Valentine's Day uh, coming up uh, yeah. in two weeks. couple yes. weeks. Yes. Yeah. Well, Next, a week and a half. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, time is weird. Uh, January's been like six months. Uh, yeah. But we, we have a a new set of pins for Hades and Persephone, which yeah. we're launching a little bit early. So if you'd like to get it as a Valentine's Day gift, you can. They'll ship really quickly. Uh, usually we do pre-orders, but this time they are all in stock right now. So you can order them and they'll be hopefully to your door fairly swiftly. So uh, get crossed. on them quick if you <laughs> if you want that. Um, and they'll, they'll still be up for the rest of the month. Uh, so I guess uh, yep. slight spoilers for a video that we have coming in February. <laughs> but uh, if you like our pins uh, and you want to get a fun little Valentine's Day gift, uh, please consider the Hades and Persephone ones. I think you'll really like them. The link is in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Red, is that it? I think I think that's it. Uh, I think, oh, uh, uh, next podcast, uh, we have a very special in-house guest 
Uh, yeah, uh, which is cyan, and we'll, yeah. we'll uh, uh, have some fun uh, talking about some Valentine's Day themed videos next week. So um, if you have any but, questions for cyan specifically, feel free to drop them in the Ask OS Pod uh, channel thing on the Discord stuff. With those announcements uh, made, let us hop over into the Q&A section of the podcast. Woo! Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast where we answer questions from you guys, our loyal fans, here on our one and only podcast. This is actually the 10th episode of the OS Pod, which, oh, wow, I did not Ooh. think we would get this far. Uh, <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> oh, no, we've been... No! no. <laughs> They're leaving us on a cliffhanger and everything. Um, uh. But since this is the 10th episode, I think we're going to start it out with a little bit of something new and funky. Um, we get a lot of questions over in Ask OS Pod on Discord from you guys about whether or not we've seen, played, read, all sorts of media. And as much as we would love to gush about everything we've seen, read, watched, or played, we don't yep. have time to get to all of them. So what we're going to do here is a little bit of a lightning round. I'm going to name out different things that people have asked about over in Ask OS Pod to you guys. And I just want you to say, have you seen it? And if you've seen it, did you like it? Cool beans. Real quick. Awesome. We're going to go, go through just a bunch oh, yeah. of them. And then we'll jump into our regular <laughs> Q&A segment as Just a comically stupid amount of media properties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. All right. So without further ado, it's time for a lightning round. Percy Jackson. Yes. Uh, wait, read books or watched the movies? Because yes to both, but my answer of if I liked it is very different. <laughs> <laughs> it just said, they just requested the Percy Jackson. Oh, come on, guys. I, I haven't read any of the extended stuff, but I read the yeah. original Quintology, whatever the hell the name for that yeah. is, uh, when I was in, like, middle school. Already, I started already failing at the lightning round. It's already too much. It's already okay. too long. Yeah, too read long. the books, okay. not the extended stuff. Watch it. the movies. Movies are bad. Movies are real I bad. I like the books. You should watch the movies, though. They're really bad. Books good, movies bad. Okay. Civilization Six, I believe the game. No. no, I've only played Civ Five and mostly Civilization Revolution on the PlayStation 4. PlayStation 3, not the best, in my opinion. <laughs> SCP Foundation. Oh, yeah, that's a wiki. I've read through a lot of it. Um, it's fine. It's a lot of fun. It's like no sleep, clue. but more organized. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sabaton. Uh, no? A few. They, they're a what metal band that? that does like historically inspired oh. music. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Oh, neat. neat. Yeah. Dune. Uh, no. read the book a while ago, watched the movie semi-recently. Book, I think, is good. Everyone says it's good. I don't remember anything about it. Movie was really bad. My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, been reading the manga, watched the anime for a while, kind of fell off the wagon on that. It's fine. It's good. CK? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Resounding no from Blue. Uh, CK2. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, Crusader Kings 2, despite the, uh, <laughs> the very polite asks of much of our, our, our Discord, uh, admin staff for me to play it. I, I, I can't sink the time. I'm sorry. I, uh, I haven't gotten into it yet. I, one day, probably, statistically, eventually, but, like, right now, no. I'm sorry, team. No time for that now, because we got to move on to the next one, which is the Inheritance Cycle. Where is Tim when you need him? Oh, that's so familiar, but no, it's, I have Yeah, no, I, I read the first book. Uh, that was it, and I played the video <laughs> game. I was too young to understand what bad game design was. <laughs> Ooh, sting. Among Us. Oh, yes. hell yeah. Yeah, it's so much so fun. So good. We it's have, so we have fun. little games with our friends every once in a while. They're great. It's Oh, we need to do that more often. We, we really do. Fortnite. Yeah. Nah. I tried it exactly once. I did not have fun, and I uninstalled it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, uh, I read the whole comic once and I didn't really like it that much. I'm not sure why I read the whole thing because I didn't like it from the beginning onwards. So. I, I have it. not seen it. Yeah. The Edge Chronicles. I don't know what that is. Not a clue. Yeah. Hades. Oh, I mean, I know everything about it. I haven't played it yet, but I know how it's really good and I've seen a lot of fan art. I'm like three games behind. I'll get to it eventually. I know everyone's been asking for us to stream it. I it's like eventually, but like I'm, I'm still playing Immortals, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> there, there's a real quick. There's a YouTube animatic of Hades using the audio from Dane Cook's creepy guy at work bit. Look it up. It's really funny. Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. I'm not sure I really got it, but it was, you know, fine. Classic. All I know is there's a corgi. There is a corgi. It's very cute. That's all I got. <laughs> Evangelion. Don't at me, please. I, wa- I watched like the first 10 episodes and then the finale and then the movie. And that's not how you should watch it. So <laughs> I didn't like it very much, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's a no from me, dog. We're going to offend a lot of our viewership with yeah. just how many things we haven't seen or don't like. We got shit going on, man. Yeah, it's just like... Uh, one time someone's like, how do you do all these things when I was in college? They're like, wait a minute, you don't watch television, do you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I do not watch television. He's like, ah, there it is. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. I have the audiobook and I've been meaning to listen to it, but I got busy and I don't go on walks anymore because I don't have anywhere to walk to. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but that sounds kind of It's neat. It's like a big book about history. It's pretty good. A lot of people like it. I'm sure I will like it once I read it. Ah, cool. Or uh, Clone High. Uh, no. No. Like, I, I, I know that it's a thing, but I kind of missed the boat on it. And sometimes I look up stuff that I would have watched as a kid and watch it now. And this one, I was like, nah, no thanks. And just one last one here. The Simmerillion. Ha. I laugh. <laughs> Do I look like I have that kind of time? Or attention span. We're friends with Tim. That's all we need. Yeah, listen, I, I know three people who've read it. That's all I need. I can just ask them stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that concludes this, uh, like, this I've read the Bible. I've read Lord of the Rings. I can interpolate the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. We'll talk about it more another Doesn't time. Doesn't that just get you Narnia? Uh, womp, womp. <laughs> Lewis Carroll, who? Um, oh no, that's the Allison. Okay, I'm gonna Lewis stop talking. Carroll. Um, Lewis, because well, Narnia is like New Testament but fantasy. Silmarillion's like Old Testament but fantasy, right? Well, Silmarillion's more like Old Norse stuff but fantasy. Well, um, okay. I mean, anyway, let's let's get yeah, out of here yeah, before yeah. we. This we, is why why we're we talking about this. Yeah. Neither of us have read it, and we're like, well, I think I know enough about it to make sweeping yes. statements about the plot. No, that's the internet experience. You get like two minutes of acquaintance with a topic, and then you make sweeping general for clicks. <laughs> Literally all I know about it is there's elves in it and some rocks. Excellent uh, plot summary there from Red. So uh, moving on. <laughs> it's what I do. We'll probably try and do one of those lightning rounds every 10 episodes or so because we again, do get a lot of questions about what we've uh, consumed recently and uh, they're just not quite uh, meaty enough for the usual Q&A portion, but I would like to touch on them because we love uh, keeping in touch with y'all. So speaking of te- yeah. keeping in touch with y'all, this question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you're a patron, your question could be the first one read on the podcast, except for the times that we do a lightning round, because I guess that kind of messes <laughs> with the order a little bit. Uh, ooh, whoops. All of the questions that we're going to read today come from Discord in our Ask OS Pod channel. This first question is from one of our patrons. If you want to join the OSP Patreon, get some cool art, 
hang with some cool people, you can do that through the show notes below. This question comes from Liche Joy. Too red in the latest trope talk, you mentioned being embarrassed about the quality of your old Shakespeare videos. Have you considered <laughs> doing updated versions of them like Blue is doing with the Roman Empire series? Eh, I mean, <laughs> I, yes, that question has indeed haunted me. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Just means I feel guilty about it. Well, Red, let me let me give my answer uh, and explain why it would be a lot trickier to, to do that with the old Shakespeare videos. The thing Alrighty. about my history series is that a lot of them pair really nicely into threes. So I can justify taking like Roman Republic, Punic Wars, Caesar, and just slapping that into one big like mega feature video and then updating it together. And then it's one nice package. With the old Shakespeare videos, there are like a dozen of them and it's way mm -hmm. too long for one project. And then it's like it... it there's not the justification of being able to create a new experience with them other than they're shinier because half the appeal yeah. with the resummarized series is I can go and make corrections and then present a much larger interconnected story whereas otherwise those videos are just in isolation but there's no like tangible benefit to, to pairing you know uh, a summary of Macbeth with a summary of Hamlet. It's just like, okay, right. it's it's two videos about kings. Uh, all right. So I, yeah, yeah. from my perspective, there's not the same impetus to create a larger narrative and the justification to go back and, and, and update them uh, in the same way as with some of my... Uh, some of my, like, Rome videos that, like, stitch together really well. But then even I have a lot of older videos that I am deeply embarrassed about that I'm just going to to leave for, like, the ash heap of history because I just, I, I don't. I don't want to go back there. It's They're not good. There's there's nothing worth salvaging in those. I might as well set them to unlisted. Uh, so he, Okay, here's yeah. the other factor. Uh, the old Shakespeare videos I made using, like, movie footage because that was what I knew at the time. Uh and also, I recorded them when I had a worse mic, a worse setup, and was a worse voice actor. So the question is, like, do I re-record them? Do I, at that point, rewrite the script so that my, like, meme references and, and jokes that I think are dumb now aren't in there anymore? Or do I, you know, grip my teeth, use the old audio, even though I don't like it, and then just add new visuals? Because at that point, it doesn't feel worth it, because it's like, yeah. it's not better it's just shinier and not demonetized. And it's like, that's not, that's not worth it. That's, that's, yeah. so the question is, whenever I consider doing a re a remaster of a video, you got to understand, I would basically have to remake the entire thing for it to actually feel worth it, which at that point is months of additional work for something that isn't even new. Yeah. And at that point, the question is why? So it's like, listen, obviously I am embarrassed at my old shitty work, but I, I'm not trying to curate a pristine internet experience where all of the work that you can find from me is my newest stuff that I'm proud of. Like, if you're an artist, you cannot do that kind of thing. If you, if you, you know, if you get hung up on the fact that your older work was by definition worse because you improve as you learn, then you're never going to actually have the time to improve because you're too busy, like, covering your tracks, painting over all the old shit that you're embarrassed by that's probably not even that bad, objectively speaking. Yeah, um, I, I, if I can say, the way that our channel works is that we have a lot of content that is relevant and meaningful for a very long time. A lot mm. of YouTubers have content that is by definition meant to be in the moment, meant to be like you watch this thing when it comes out or like within a month of when it comes out and like you're you're up to date, you know, you got it. And then the older mm. stuff is like, well, it's it's out of date now. It's it's by its its intended purpose, it's out of date. We have tried to create a channel that is meant to be very long lasting. And if 
out of our like eight year history of posting videos on OSP, if only the last like four years of those are what we would now consider good. Yep. That's not bad. That, no. That's still pretty great. So I, and also yeah. like I'm I'm not here to tell other people you're not allowed to enjoy this thing. It's just yeah. like and you know if I if I took down my old Shakespeare videos and posted new shiny versions, ignoring for a moment the crushing amount of work that would take and how mm -hmm. little accomplishment I would feel at the end because I would have essentially just done the same thing but again. E even if I ignore all of that, the end result is just like no 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 don't look at this. Look at this, it's different and I'm happier with it. And it's yeah. like, it's not my job to curate what of my stuff you're allowed to like. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if I were doing it nowadays, I wouldn't do it like that because yeah. I've learned. Yeah, for me, the ones that I like initially really jumped on were, uh, I had like Athens, I had Roman Empire, I had Roman Republic, I had Ottomans, I had Byzantines, and I had a Pirates one. I have mm -hmm. redone all of those, except for the Pirates one, because I'm just not interested in it anymore. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I redid all of those like three or four years later. And in various ways, I'm kind of expanding them and working on them again. But I drew the line at like, those ones are the ones that I get to redo and call a mulligan and say like, look, there's a new version in the description. Go check out that one. Everything else is like, all right, you know, my, my first half dozen videos were me figuring it out. Now I've got to live with whatever I put up. <laughs> so I've, I, I gave I've... myself that much of a do over. And then I'm like, okay, now, now I can't just like keep redoing everything. I've got to actually like stick with it now. I've talked about this in other contexts, uh, but this is a thing that I've observed in webcomics more commonly. Uh, because whenever somebody makes a webcomic, they usually start out, and then just because they're drawing so much, they get better fairly quickly. So you can actually notice the quality upgrade over the course of like the first you know, 100 pages or so. And then they realize that, and then a lot of them go back and like redraw that first chapter for, po for posterity. Well, then they've started what is essentially an infinite loop. <laughs> Yep. They they will always struggle to make forward advancement because they are always looking back at their foundations and thinking, that's bad, it could be better. And rather than moving forward, they are constantly retreading the same ground. Yeah. And that's, I, I promised myself that I would not be that guy. Like, and, yeah. and I, I, for those of you who haven't heard me occasionally hint this, I do have a comic I've been working on. And right now, when I look back at the first chapter and the first few pages, I'm like, all right, they're, they're okay, but I, I do them better now but that doesn't mean I'm going to go back and redo them because yeah. that's, oh, that's, that's a rabbit hole because it's exactly. like, what well, would I just do the first three page section? Would I do the first chapter? Would I do the first three chapters that I did as a batch? At this point, it's like, you're spending so much time and effort to not move forward. And mm -hmm. I cannot let myself fall down that rabbit hole because I will just start spiraling and that's not going to happen. So yeah. instead you can experience old, embarrassing, poor quality Shakespeare where my voice is like half an octave higher for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to stop you, so have fun with that. Yeah, uh, newsflash, creators are often very uh, opinionated about their older work. Uh, <laughs> yep. For me, one of the rules that I set was I, if I want to revisit an old topic, I can either zoom out or zoom in, but I can't just redo it note for note. So, yep. like, I had a, a four-part series on Venice, which was, like, meandering and just really all over the place. I condensed it into one video on Venice. I had, you know, a video on... Uh, a video on ancient Greece, and then I, I blew that up into a couple videos on ancient Greece. So I can create value and do something new by either zooming in on aspects of something I've already covered or zooming out to tie different things together. And that allows you to kind of like go back over some of those old areas and, you know, fix up any mistakes along the way, but you are still creating a fundamentally new experience that's not just, oh, wait, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do it again. It's, it's still 
novelty, uh, and that's the the value. And that's why I can justify doing my re-summarized series because I am treading new ground by mm-hmm. unifying these topics instead of just like I'm gonna I'm gonna reanimate my old Caesar video because. There's no value in just doing that in a vacuum. So we, we've gone on for long enough, but we, long answer, no. Long answer, no. This next question comes from Bruh. To Blue, if you could fight any Greek philosopher, who would it be and why? Uh, I would like Plato. to fight. No, <laughs> not Plato. He would, he would <laughs> throw me out of the ring. Uh, I would like to fight Aristotle. Um, oh, I would like to, to fist fight that, that scrawny little punk um, because... He has one, and I was actually thinking about this earlier today, not fighting him, but Aristotle. We have objectively too much of him. Um, His Nicomachean ethics are fantastic. And if that was all we had, we would have been great. But the guy kept on writing stuff, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he was real sure of himself. And then we get things like the politics, the metaphysics, and a whole bunch of nonsense that really just served to hold philosophy back instead of like innovating and thinking of new ideas um so the whole point of plato was like debate me think of things come up with your own ideas and aristotle's like here is the truth that i have deigned to give you enjoy and then you you get like 700 years of well i guess we can't really do anything with this and then eventually the islamic world is like oh wait we can actually like work with this we can think of some new things but it's like oh my gosh i'd be like right Lost. Cut it out. Stop being a sexist asshole. Um, so I yeah. would, I would fight Aristotle to get him to to, to burn half of his corpus. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, speaking That's of uh, combating figures of classics and or history, uh, Purple Kitsune asks: To all, you're put in a gladiator arena with any weapon from mythology, but you only get one each and no armor. What is your weapon of choice, and what is your battle strat? Hmm. Does it say who or what we're battling? Or is it just yeah, like just an arena, gladiator style, go gladiator for it? Gladiator style arena, so maybe it's a it could Okay, be so we'll, want, be we'll want versatility. Mm-hmm. We don't want to yeah, have yeah. a highly situational weapon like the Spartan laser. We want something useful. What was <laughs> that weapon in the Kukulain myth that has like, it's like thorn in? The Gaia Bolaga. Gaia Bolaga. Uh, it's the, yeah, the spear that just like, <laughs> turns all your veins into knives and then just goes from there. That feels wow. versatile to me because you know spears. Can the be hard thrown. part is, the hard part is cleaning the rest of the person off the spear afterwards. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's a lot of nifty swords in Celtic yeah. mythology, but like, oh, I, I don't know. Oh oh, there there's one. Oh damn it, I don't remember the name. Um, basically, when you threaten someone with it, they can't lie. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. That's that's really funny. It's like maybe it's, like it's a not more even aggressive magic. lasso of truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think that would be very helpful for a gladiator arena. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Golden fleece would be good. You can just kind of redirect anything. The golden fleece has no powers in the mythology. I'm just thinking of how it works in God of War. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just an incredibly generic MacGuffin. Yeah, uh, they they don't use it for anything. Uh, Medea and Jason have sex on it once, but that's not really a power. It's just right. A thing. <laughs> that's not a power. That's just gross. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't Part know if the, the king's going to want to touch that afterwards. <laughs> um, Have you watched I, this recently? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's magic. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Um, I I guess I'm just, now I'm thinking of God of War. I'd take the Leviathan Axe. That thing, that thing can get some work done. <laughs> Does that count as a mythological weapon? I don't know No, about but that I'm still one. calling it. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah. There's a few cool mythological weapons, but usually it's just like the person using it is really good. It's like, oh, the mm-hmm. bow of Arjuna is only special because Arjuna is the one using it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Indra has a really cool weapon, but it's it's one of them there. Destroys the universe weapons, so not very helpful for gladiatorial combat. Mm. I feel like I should go with a sword because of fencing experience, but like that doesn't yeah. feel versatile enough. Yeah. I, I, I guess I classic. can name drop Grass Cutter because that's the yeah. only weapon that I know by name. Because well, like, <laughs> I'm not much of a of a, a buff for cutter, mythological weapons. Excalibur. I'm trying to think of other swords. <laughs> Excalibur is also not really magical. Sometimes it glows. Oh, though. that's true. Uh, Grass Cutter would be good. Grass Cutter would let you control the winds, which hmm. could be useful. Um, I guess Monkey's Staff is good, but like but also you, you have can't to hold use it because it's, it's too heavy. Cheating. Yeah. Nobody else can carry it. Yeah. yeah. Could one of us uh, use Mjolnir? Bit of an issue. Like if we went for. Theoretically, if we had, okay, here's the thing. It depends on the version, uh, but usually the reason why it's hard for anyone else to use Mjolnir is because it is just incredibly destructive. So Thor has like a special belt and gloves he has to use to wear it. Uh, mm, but we don't to get wear to use it, sorry. Right, yeah, so, so Mjolnir's kind of out of the picture. Uh, man, this is tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I don't know. This, <laughs> I'm not sure I've got a better answer on this. I'm going to go Guy Guy Bolaga. Guy Bolaga. That one. That, one. Yeah, that feels like the MO here. Uh, um, yeah. I feel like I know so many weapons in my head, and I'm like, none of these are magical. <laughs> this will not Yeah, that's me. part of the problem. I think there's um, one of the four treasures of the Tuatadanen is uh, the Sword of Light, which uh, was used by Nuada of the Silver Hand and passed on to Lu. And I think that would be nifty, because it's probably like a laser sword. And I think that could be really neat. So. That's pretty sweet. It's got a name, but I think the name is in Welsh and I don't know how to pronounce it. So, um. <laughs> Yes, that's, oh man. If there's anything I've learned today, it's that I'm even worse at pronouncing words than I thought I was. Um. Wait, why would it be Welsh? It's Irish. It's not Welsh. <laughs> no. I'm so dumb. I'm going to oh. look it up and I'm going to decide if I can or can't pronounce it, okay? The OS podcast would like second. to apologize to Wales <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Oh, uh, come on. Well, uh, while Red uh, ponders the pronunciation of this weapon of great legendary oh, power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it? It's spelled in Irish, and I can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, but it's not Welsh. Good news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a goober. But yeah, the Sword of Light. Uh, great. Seems so- to... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> You're good. We got we got the Gaia Bolgia. Oh, God. Whatever. How the fuck you say it? Uh, sword of Light. And Blue, what did you land on here for this question? I think I uh, just grass cutter, whatever, man. <laughs> I'll be a weeb. <laughs> it's the only sword I can name drop. <laughs> if you were being a weeb, you should have called it Kusanagi no Tsurugi. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, this next question is not related to weapons at all, so we'll break the trend. Uh, uh, no, this is Patrick asks, to all, any advice for a seriously boring project that's super hard? People always say just power through it, but that's about as useful as a snorkel in the savannah. Yeah. Um, option one is die. That's what I tend to default mm. to. Uh, uh, I usually <laughs> just break it up into segments and try and work on it in pieces instead of dying first. But, you know, that's a valid strategy. Too. No, wait, let, let, let's examine the merits of dying. <laughs> Hold on here. Uh, let's not get ahead I, of ourselves. <laughs> I think this really depends on, like, who you are and how you work, because mm. I, I know for some people just powering through it really does work for them. But uh, for me, for instance, it really doesn't. So if you find that powering through doesn't work, I find that sometimes it it actually does help me to like split my focus. So if I'm trying to power through something boring, I might like load up a movie I've been meaning to watch 
uh, not to watch in the background, but just to have. So the minute my attention starts flagging on this thing and uh, it starts like draining me, I'm like, okay, let's take a break. Let's hop over to this thing that I know I'll enjoy. Um, or like a, like a show I've been watching through. And sometimes just having the option makes it easier for me to concentrate. It's like, oh, do I want to switch over? No, I think I can do a little bit more. Um, so that, that I don't know, that that's like the ADD brain hack that's been keeping me functional. But, you know, it's really, <laughs> your mileage may vary. Depends on who you are and how you work. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any meaningful advice because I've always been the kind of person whose best strategy really is just to get a cup of tea, caffeinate so that I'm not going to fall asleep in the middle of it and just try to power through it. So I yeah. unfortunately have no valuable advice. Yeah. It also depends on the nature of the project. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. when you're get if you're trying to get through like a boring book, I find that taking notes or just like trying to come up with a, a way I would explain this to somebody really helps me connect with the text in a way that just reading it doesn't. But if it's like I need to draw five million of this thing, uh, that's tedious. So then I like put on music or a show in the background or something so that my brain has something to do while the rest of me is really bored. So yeah, you know, it really does depend on the situation. It kind of depends on your timeline, too, because, like, if it's the night before a term paper is due and you need to write the entire thing, then that is a situation yeah. where your only strategy really is to kind of just power through it. But um, I, I like to work by in, in chunks, so when I'm editing the podcast, for example, I'll edit the first 20 or so minutes and then edit the second half of the podcast. And then, you know, it, it's still a, a, a significant chunk of work to do, but because it's been broken up into smaller chunks, my... <laughs> Uh, brain is like, well, this isn't too, too bad. Uh, and we can, we can get through this and however long a break you need between those chunks, you know, take however long the break you need between those chunks. It's kind of just, you got to figure out, um, a strategy that really works for you. Um, and yeah, and how you I would like yeah. to suggest work. experimenting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, try mixing it up. Because <laughs> if you don't try, you're never going to figure it out. And, mm -hmm. and heck, you know, some of the methods really might just be losers and, and, and not helpful for you, but yep. that's also how you find the method that does work. So if you're, if your only, you know, option is to stick with your starting point, which is just power through it, like try a couple other things. Cause mm -hmm. it likely can't be worse and you'll only learn things in the process. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck on that project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Be strong. Um, this next question comes from, oh God, what is this name? Oh no, it's upside down. Uh, how is this it? This is just the episode down? of the OSP crew being fully unable to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I try not to discriminate between questions based on my ability to pronounce the names, which means that sometimes I'm copy pasting people's discord names into the ongoing master list of questions. Uh, but this one is literally typed in upside down. So hold for a second while I flip my head oh, in the wow. other direction. <laughs> Uh, Alrighty. Echelon being. Echelon, echelon being asked. Echelon. Echelon. Echelon? Whatever. Probably Echelon. <laughs> Probably Echelon. I don't know. I'm so sorry. With echelon screen names, being. it's anyone's guess. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, to all, what kind of inconvenience would you curse upon some meddlesome adventures if you were a bog hag? Huh. Great Very question. Specific. Yes. Let's see inconveniences uh, yes um, we're not trying to murder the adventurers but we do want them to be disgruntled with us <laughs> their shoes are just always damp Ooh. on the inside too like socks and everything oh, it's I'm just, just it's, go with it's like... not soaked it's not soaked but it is damp <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with just like unpleasant skin condition like itchy dry just uncomfortable oh uh, yeah uh i want... like yeah. <laughs> you could really do with a chapstick but you just don't have any on you yes yeah <laughs> Every time they are trying to describe something to a friend, they can 
just not quite remember the exact word they need to describe it. Like they get a lot of synonyms Ooh. that are not quite there, but they can't find that exact word that they're looking for. It, is, it feels like it's on the tip of their tongue, but they will never be able to remember it. That's my That's a good one. Because uh, yeah, then you really good. destroyed the party comp too, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. you actively interfere with their ability to adventure properly. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's they can't. Um, <laughs> they can't describe my location if they can't say where it is. <laughs> yeah, so the hag who cursed us is she's over the. Oh God, it's like it's when water goes across the land and oh fuck, what's it? It's not. It's, it's not, not a stream. It, it's, it's bigger than a stream. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, not quite three hours later like in the bog witch's dungeon. <laughs> Fucking river. It's river. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man I uh, oh, god that just happens there's your cold there's open your... right there <laughs> <laughs> oh man don't you love it when you can clock how the episode's gonna be edited together mid-episode oh man yep. it's always a good feeling which is such a great winner. example of just like what like we have been cursed with this curse this episode <laughs> this is the episode where we can't speak oh no it'll do you know i've been a bug hag this whole time Usually we're so erudite, but it's because we can hide behind retakes. <laughs> yep. We do retakes? I do. Well, in our videos, yes. Uh, There's a scale. Uh, on our vi- on our episodes, like, we can do new takes all the live long day. On this, it's it's not live, but it is all in one go. And then on the mm-hmm. live streams, it's anybody's guess. Who <laughs> the live streams? On the live terrifying. streams, it's, uh, <laughs> it's what the will of the tech support gods give us that given any given day. I think live streams, mm. those things that we inexplicably still do. Hey, they're fun. <laughs> Despite We're getting how better. poorly they always go. I'm hard on myself because the tech problems are always fundamentally my fault, but they are fun. I, I grant that they are very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to be our last question for the podcast, uh, just because, you know, we're. We're getting on time here. Unfortunately, we can't talk infinitely because then we would never export any audio and we would never publish a podcast. It would just be forever caught in the time loop of discussion. Isn't that fun? This question comes from Lucid Lemon. (laughs) (laughs) To all, including Cleo, Smash Main. Who do you mean in the game Smash Brothers? Ah, that's fun. I think we've discussed this before. Uh, As always, my boy is Ike because I like me a standard sword boy who hits like a train. Hell yeah. Um, I always go bandana chew, which is Pikachu, but with the green bandana on. Um, my brother and I both like to play as Pikachu, and so we need to differentiate each other when we're playing. And I've decided that that bandana is the only valid way to go. Bandana chew is a lifestyle. <laughs> bandana truly. chew is a lifestyle, mm. not a choice. <laughs> the bandana chew chooses you. Mm. Uh, I I like to normally play uh, Blink, which is Link, but it's one of the blue costumes because I like doing the butt sword. Uh, yeah. But then what happens is I fall off the map a bunch of times and I get mad. So then I switch to Pit because he's kind of like Link but can fly. Yeah, I remember those days. So, yeah. So basically, playing, playing Smash Bros in the senior lounge. Oh, what a time! Right. Remember stuff. when like we had a bunch of free periods every morning in senior year. So we'd like start the day by playing like the the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm, and then like right yep. before lunch we do or no, right after lunch we had like Splinter Cell, and then uh-huh. it's always like take the shot breaks, and we shoot take all the, the lights breaks. and stuff. And then at the Good end stuff. of the day we'd usually play GTA because a bunch of our other friends were out of class at that time. It was oh my god, mm-hmm. we got no work done in senior year because we front loaded no like work. crazy freshman and sophomore but it was amazing senior year one of my four mandatory classes was pe and then that's i broke right. my clavicle in january so i couldn't even go to gym that's right. <laughs> and they were like it's that. fine so for a while i was only taking three classes and then i would yeah. spend like the entire rest of the day just in the senior lounge playing video games with one arm tucked up against my body so it would like heal right 
Yeah, a lot of our friends but, like spread out their classes over the course of the four years, but no, we murdered ourselves freshman and sophomore years so that we had only our our, our mains for the last year. It, it was, was amazing. so good. I spent yeah, that we, entire we some, year. some good Smash Bros uh, in yep. that senior year. <laughs> I spent that entire year baking and playing games. It was really fun. Uh, That's but right. But I, I do I do recall. Well, I had this really weird habit that year where, like, while we were playing Smash Bros, I'd get really agitated and start, like, singing stuff. I don't know why, but I remember one noteworthy experience where I had fucking Kiss the Girl on loop in my head oh, the entire time I we were playing. that. And I remember it because we were on, like, that map with the fucking windmill platforms, and you were playing Link, and I believe that you were prepping to shoot somebody while on one of the windmill platforms, because my strategy at that time was just charging up my, like, side A <laughs> as far as it would go. And right as I hit the don't be scared in the reprise, I let it go and smashed oh, you off yeah. the map. And <laughs> yeah, you didn't even right. see it happening because I was completely stationary for that entire... Oh, good stuff. You just Very became weird. a fixture of the environment. <laughs> yeah, just me off in the corner going... Hah! You know how I do. Oh my gosh. No, that was great. Yeah, sorry I kind of hijacked this question, but I really <laughs> no, wanted to talk about know. the senior lounge. <laughs> I, I have to play more Smash Bros. In all... You guys need to get actually, in I, all of the uh, senior Red, you'll be, you'll be thrilled to know. I actually, I got Smash Bros a couple yes. weeks back. I just haven't, yes. I haven't broken it open yet. No! Um, because I've been playing so much Immortals, but we we, we can start playing oh Smash Bros. Gosh, It'll be great. Yes. You gotta, you gotta, listen, man, you have to play the linear story mode because you need to unlock the characters. Right. I played through yeah. so fucking far to get my boy unlocked. He's like halfway through the second, like, half of the, uh, it's a lot. I was trying to figure out where he was because, like, the way it works is it's a big map, kind of a maze, and the characters are just kind of scattered around it, uh, hidden in various locations. And I thought it was just one map with a boss fight at the end, but I couldn't find Ike that whole time. And then when I beat the boss fight, it opened a second map. And I was like, ah, <laughs> shit, he's in here somewhere, yep. isn't he? And then he was, and it was a huge pain finding him. So, But yeah, you gotta get on that so we can play it, because consider yes. it, we could stream it. It would be <gasps> oh, amazing. Oh yeah, that's right. That is true. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so fun. Um, but that is all. You yes. want to hear an improbable amount of profanity on stream? Get us together to play <laughs> We're Smash Bros. Be yeah. So shouty! It's gonna be hilarious. We gotta do it. Oh, that, okay. I gotta get back into unlocking characters in it because I, I put it down a few That's months ago move. and I have not been uh, good about it because I got Pikachu and I was like, well, I'm good now. I don't need to. We don't need to continue. <laughs> I mean, listen. Once you get the main, it's fine. It's just my main was like 78 percent through the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, a note for later, because that is all the time we have for today's episode. Blue, if you want to, or red, mm. if you want to, oh, God, this is, oh, <laughs> red, if you want to take <laughs> us home. <laughs> sure uh. thing. <clears throat> all righty. One take. Let's do this. <clears throat> she lied. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want more of that sweet, sweet OSP content, go check out our channel on YouTube. Want to ask a question for the next pod? Follow the link in the description to the Ask OS Pod channel on Discord for a chance for your question to be featured on air. Until next time, I've been Red. I've been tired. <laughs> and that was one take, motherfuckers! I said I could do it! And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Hello. Indigo here. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back with special guest, the ever-radiant Cyan, on February 17th. But if you miss us before then, head over to YouTube, Discord, and Patreon for even more Overly Sarcastic content.
Links can be found in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform to help even more folks join us as we struggle to pronounce basic words and also the guy... Uh, guy... Oh, this is not going well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>